The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood. Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. This is the newscast for episode 40, the week of November 6th. Alex, don't you love that intro music? I love that intro music. It's one of my favorite artists. Yeah, so the uh, the song is called The Language of Blame. The group is called The Agrarians. It's, it's free. The, I love the intro. I love the transition from the same song. The rest of the song's pretty bad. You guys are all, <laughs> all welcome to click on the link and listen and see. As soon as the singing starts, it becomes pretty bad. This is the uh, you know sort of the required um, you know semi quarterly plug to the people that give us the free music, right? Is that uh, well? It's not required. It's just something that I think that you know I'd love to give them. I probably would, but they wish it was a little more positive plug. But <laughs> but once again, we do appreciate the the music. Uh, the news this week: uh, there is a seventh grader who is way smarter than us down in Highlands Ranch. Well, that's not particularly hard, Rob, but. Um, yes, so there is a, a seventh grader that attends the uh, STEM school in Highlands Ranch, and she uh, was awarded uh, based on a um, an invention that she had that can detect lead in water. Yeah, so her name is Gitanjali Rao, and she's a, a student at a STEM school in Highlands Ranch, and she's not only invented this this uh, test for lead in fresh water, she also has invented a film that goes over the windows for planes to stop lasers from blinding pilots. She's invented uh, something to, to test the level of venom in snake bites um, and something that helps counteract the effects of allergies it, from pollen. So pretty impressive stuff that this seventh, seventh grader's done. Yeah, she clearly has accomplished more than either of us, and she's only in seventh grade. Not to mention the fact that um, as part of this award, she took home $25,000. So, yeah. So that's a reasonable haul. My favorite part about that award is she said, I don't think it's in the article here. I heard her in an interview on a, on a podcast. Uh, she said she, what she's going to do with the money is number one, she's going to use it to help get this lead testing thing to market. And for the rest of the money, she's going to give it to all of the charities that she works with. So the seventh grader is working with multiple charities already. That's pretty good. That's pretty amazing. Um, What I want to know, though, is since she won this money, does she now have to move up to the pro scientist league? She can't be an amateur anymore. So she can't make the amateur Olympics. That's uh, right. The amateur science Olympics. I like it. Uh, So next, uh, this week, the the merger between Level 3 and CenturyLink closed. So now there is no more Level 3. Yeah, I saw uh, saw some stories showing them replacing the signs at the Level 3 headquarters up in, was it Broomfield? Um, so, you know, obviously a little bit sad for those who have a history with level three, but, um, you know, good, hopefully for the future. And hopefully they build out a really strong security practice there. I think the other, you know, long-term benefit is going to be that while CenturyLink is headquartered in Louisiana, they are going to have, um, a good bit of their leadership here in Colorado still, including the, the, what is now, or was the level three CEO, which will be the CenturyLink CEO who's going to stay here in Colorado. So that's pretty cool. That's good stuff. Uh, Next story, we do have a list of the top 100 tech companies in Colorado. This is based on number of employees here in the area. Um, But it's just really neat to see. I think there's seven different security companies that made the list. Webroot, Logarithm, Optive, Ping, Conversant, ProtectWise, and IntelliSecure. All companies we've talked about on the show, you know, dozens of times. All, all on that top 100 companies here in, in the Denver area. Great to see all those security companies on that top 100 list. Uh, so next, there is a, um, well, Rob, as you know, uh, marijuana is legal in Colorado, in, in case you hadn't realized. I, I've heard that, yeah. Um, so there is a company that is based here called MJ Freeway. They make uh, software for folks that are in the marijuana business, and they've been running into some issues lately. Uh, some of them sound like some operational issues, problems with growth, 
Um, no pun intended there. Um, but the other part, it was interesting to see that they were talking about having um, a number of cybersecurity issues. Yeah, they've been hacked. It looks like, you know, why do you why do you rob a bank? Because that's where the money is. Yeah. And and why do you rob a, a marijuana software company? Well, uh, there's a lot of money there, and a lot mm. of it's not very well tracked. And um, from what I hear, a lot of a lot of cash transactions happen in that industry. So it makes sense that someone might target it. Uh, it's interesting to see if you look at their press release or the, their comments about this. Uh, MJ Freeway is really talking about investing heavily in security. I, I believe what they say is that they invested more in the last quarter on their security resiliency than most companies have net income or gross income for the entire quarter or for an entire year, I think is how they put it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it noted that, didn't give the names, but they're working with a, a couple local security companies to help them shore up their security. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, the Denver Art Museum has warned donors, members, employees uh, that, that they had a, a data breach. And what it looks like looking at the article is they probably had one of those phishing attacks where someone you know, gave their credentials to the email, the bad guys got into the email, and, and were able to look through everything uh, that was in there. Probably means they didn't have two-factor turned on. So this is a good moment for you guys to all talk to whoever you work with or work for and tell them to go turn on two-factor for their email. Yeah, it sounded like the attackers weren't able to get access to any of the databases or applications um, where they had larger amounts of um, of their donor data, but you know whatever was in that particular person's email uh, is potentially compromised. Yeah. So uh, next, uh, there is a Colorado accelerator um, that was awarded some uh, funding from a, a federal program. So this accelerator uh, focuses on um, companies that have female founders, which right. I think is pretty cool. So the, the company is called Merge Lane. And it was one of 20 winners of the U.S. Small Business Administration's competition. Uh, and they, they got some funding basically to help them grow. Uh, MergeLane's been around since 2015. And like you said, really focused on helping get, get funding for women-run businesses. Yeah, I think that it, the criteria is um, funding for uh, any business that has at least one female founder. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, so... Red Canary had a blog this week. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware, Alex, this week was Halloween. and Really? Yeah, I had noticed. Some people do things for that. Um, so they, Red Canary did a blog around what are the scariest things out there and really what they say is scary is stuff we can't see. So this blog was, is really, uh, you know, a little bit cute, but I think the point of it was here are some tools you can use to get visibility in your organization to help, you know, de-scare the, the environment a little bit. Yeah, uh, definitely some good hints in there. Um Additionally, Logarithm had a blog this week, um, sort of on a similar topic, not exactly on general visibility, but they were talking about SCADA network security monitoring. So they're talking about getting visibility into your SCADA networks. Yeah. Um, and using network monitor, right? Yeah, using their network monitor product, which yeah. uh, some good information in there too. Um, so finally on the list, um, you guys may or may not have heard, but our very own Rob Reck uh, was on Nine News this past week talking um, about how to do security and sort of the end of um, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Yeah, just a few points we made on there. I got I had three minutes with uh, on the air. Really talked about turning on MFA, um, thinking about you know how do you get rid of data you don't need to have, and then you know good password hygiene. You know don't reuse passwords and go to passphrases instead of instead of those non-complex passwords. You know they usually say that people that you know do podcasts or radio, it's because they're not good enough looking to be on TV, yeah. but I think Rob, you know, definitely proved that wrong. Uh, oh, thank you. I thought you were going to say proved it right. That was much nicer than I expected. Uh, let's jump over to our trivia questions. I guess before we do, just a reminder, sign up for our mailing list if you want to get this, uh, these show notes into your inbox every week uh, and sign up on 
iTunes or Google Play to get the to subscribe to the podcast and hear us automatically each week. Trivia from last week. The the question was name two of the podcast guest co-hosts we've had. Um, so over the last what we've we nine months or so we've been going. We've had four co-hosts. We had Drew Labo. I think Drew's done it three times now. Matt Sharp, Matthew Sharp before he moved out to New York. Andre Gaeta and Steve Knight. Those are the four we've had. We did have a correct response. Thanks a lot to Brian Thornton. Uh, he was our winner and he got a, a, a shirt from Andre Gaeta, who's, uh, who's sponsoring this whole trivia thing for us. Congratulations, Brian. And I think we actually did have a couple correct answers yeah, this we week, had... which was nice. But uh, So make sure when you're getting those guess, uh, guesses in, get them in very quickly so that uh, you get that cool uh, swag from the, yeah. the store. Uh, so this week... Um, we have a, another trivia question. This is a Colorado trivia question. And uh, that is, what is the second most secure location in Colorado? We have two hints for you. N- number one, the, the number one most secure location in Colorado is Cheyenne Mountain. The second hint is, the number two is not Buckley Air Force Base. All, All right. right, then. My guess is going to be um, the secret passages under DIA. Uh, I you was know. I was going to say it's the Colorado Equal Security Studio. Oh, even where, better. <laughs> we have worked a, very hard to secure this environment. Sort of like the Batcave. Absolutely. All right. Why don't we go ahead and jump over to upcoming events. Uh, on the 6th, we have DENSEC. The South Meetup is happening. And I saw a little uh, scuttle on Twitter that it's going to be at the Baker Street Pub on Bellevue, oh, just nice. a little bit east of 25. Cool. Uh, Secure Set on the 7th is hacking, having their Hacking 101 workshop on AppSec. On the 8th, the CSA has their CSSK training. This is a, uh, a fee-based training, so if you're going to do it, you got to sign up early. It's, hopefully, it's not too late, but get on it right now. Uh, also, on the 8th, uh, CTA has their annual Apex Awards. So show up if you want to hear who the CISO of the year is going to be, as well as you know some other less important awards. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a few other ones. Um, the, as a reminder, the finalists for the CISO of the year, Matt Schufeld, who is our feature interview this week, Sam Massiello, um, who we had on the show six months or so ago, and then John Everson from a few months ago. So very cool to see those guys getting recognized. Uh, on the 9th, ISSA Denver is having a, a full day training on GDPR. Last um, I saw, it was sold out, but there is a waiting list. And also last I saw, there was nobody on the waiting list. And I guess, guys, give, give you guys a hint. Usually... Uh, five to 10 people cancel in advance. So if you're not on the waiting list yet, you might want to do it right away. Uh, next, uh, CSA on, also on the ninth is doing their 2017 Colorado fall summit. Yeah, that's their big, their big conference. And it's up on 36, uh, should be interesting and, and good stuff. They have some really nice speakers up there. Um, ISSA Denver has their November chapter meetings on the 14th and 15th. Uh, the session for this is going to be about honeypots and, and how to use honeypots to to distract and divert attackers in your environment while you get there to stop them. Nice. Um, on the 15th, CTA has their insight series. Are you prepared for AI in the workplace? I really love this topic. Yeah, yeah I don't know who I don't know who the speaker is, um, but the topic sounds really good. And, and for those of us who you know know AI is important, but maybe haven't put it into our uh, programs yet. It's a good way to start talking about it. Is this going to be one of those things like, you know, how to deal with millennials and stuff like that? How how to deal with AI in the workplace? (laughs) It it might be just like that, really. Here's how you trick the uh, millennials into working hard for you. Same thing for AI. I don't know. Exactly. On the 15th and 16th, Colorado Springs ISSA has their November chapter meetings. 
Uh, also on the 16th, ISSA Denver is having a women in security meeting. The 16th is very popular. So we also have on the 16th, the ISACA November chapter meeting. And DENSEC is doing their North meetup also on the 16th. And there's one more. The ISC Squared is having their November meeting uh, that evening. It's going to be with Stephen B. Armstrong talking about enterprise risk management. I think everybody was trying to get all of their events for November in on the 16th right. before uh, Thanksgiving. As we, we pointed out, there's there's a pretty pretty big gap between the, the last event on the 16th and the next event, which is on the 29th of November, which we'll all throw it out real quick. Uh, it's Optiv is doing a, a round table to really talk about application security and, and how do you do application security. It's a focus group where they're putting together some research. It's a good way to get plugged in with some really smart people in the area. Uh, Rafael Los is, is running that here in Denver. So there's a link in the show notes to that as well. You can sign up and hopefully make it out there. Yeah, I think uh, one of the benefits for participating is that you get access to some of that research. Yep, you get, I think you get early access too. So go ahead and jump over to the jobs. There's uh, some pretty good jobs available this week. Vertella is hiring a director of system security. Quantix is hiring a senior manager for incident, incident response. The Jewish Family Service of Colorado is hiring hiring a compliance manager. Looking at this role, it's not just focused on security. There was other compliance aspects as well, but it did have a, a big security aspect to it. So um, do you have to know uh, Hebrew law to, to do that so you can be in compliance? I don't no? think I'm allowed to respond to that no, question. Okay. Um, Western Union, uh, looking for a director of information governance. Yeah, working for Mike Kalak over there. It should be a pretty cool opportunity. IHS Market is hiring a Compliance Training and Awareness Director. Uh, GuidePoint is looking for a Vendor Relations Manager. TIAA is hiring an Info Security Analyst. And I didn't know they had a presence here in Denver, but this is a local uh, job up in the north side of town. Yeah, uh, TIAA has a pretty big uh, office here, I think. Cool. Um, Hitachi Vantara is looking for an application security specialist intern. So if you are looking for an internship, sounds like a good opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the end of our news for the week. Uh, we are going to throw it over to the feature interview with Matt Schufeld. We've been trying to get Matt on the show since since we started. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally got him to, to confirm. So looking forward to, to this interview. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks, Rob. All right, everyone. Have a good day. Hello, this is Rock Lambos, Information Security Manager at Marquis Energy Partners. This is Colorado Equal Security. For Colorado security professionals, by Colorado security professionals. So today, not only are we going to do a little interview about Colorado Equal Security, we're also going to be drinking Colorado Scotch. So Matt Schufeld and I are sitting in the basement with an, an open bottle of Stranahan's whiskey. Um, and we're, we're here just really to talk about Matt's career so far, how he got to be um, one of the finalists for the the Colorado CISO of the year, and, and really what he sees going on in the, in the security community. So to start off, um, Matt, tell me, how do you like your Stranahan's? It's good. I have to correct you that it's not scotch, but... Yeah, you know, as soon as I said it, I, I, I really, <laughs> we, we almost drank scotch. We, we grabbed the whiskey instead. Uh, but do, and by do, the way, for, for boys and girls at home, yeah. we're, we're drinking responsibly. Don't think we're down here pounding a whole bottle or anything, but it is very tasty. And, and uh, do, you, do you drink your scotch neat on the rocks? Well, today it is on the rocks. Uh, sort of, right? Sort kind of on of. the rocks. Actually, what's funny is, uh, uh, not to make this about uh, Stranahan's tasting or anything, but the the interesting thing about uh, the frozen blocks that you're using instead of regular ice cubes, yeah. I thought about it after, it's kind of a neat novelty, so I was like, yeah, let's do that. 
And I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, the whole point of ice is to slowly release water and activate the Well, the so whiskey. is that the point? Or is the point that you like to have your whiskey a little bit cooler? Because for me, I we're using the, what do you call them? Drinking cubes. Drinking, yeah. st- drinking stones, I think they're called. Uh, so basically, you know, they, they are they are hard stone-like substances you put in the freezer, you put them in your drink, it cools down your drink. Yeah. You don't get any any uh, dilution of the whiskey, and but you did get it a little cooler. So that's... So I so um, I've been to a couple of uh, uh, tastings, and they will actually point out that the, the flavor profile changes hmm. based on the release of minute amounts of water at a time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not an expert by any <laughs> stretch. Wow, but it tastes it tastes nice. It, this is this is a this is fun. So I, I've been trying to get Matt on the show for s- as long as we've had the show six months, and uh, I'm really thankful we got this to work out. Matt's going on vacation, and uh, we still managed to get this thing in. So appreciate your time. Why don't we talk a little bit about security, and then we can go back to to <laughs> talking about whiskey and lacrosse and nice. uh, whatever other fun things we want to talk about. Yeah, Matt, how did you go from um, from being a a little kid? who probably was messing around doing some fun things, playing music to becoming one of the, a CISO here in Colorado. So, uh, I was kind of born into it actually. So my dad, uh, uh, was a programmer and did uh, computer systems maintenance for the Navy starting in the seventies. Uh, and then he went on to do uh, mid range work for multiple companies. And then he was with one company for a very long time. Uh, he did everything from programming to data process management and ended up being a, senior VP in that, in that company. So mm. he basically did everything end to end. Uh, I kind of modeled uh, a few different chunks of my career after him, actually. I don't think intentionally at first because I was highly competitive, but um, because of that, I was around computers, big, big computers, really interesting projects since I was a kid. Mm. Um, and I actually got into computer operations when I was still a teenager, very young, actually, um, before most people would have graduated high school. Uh, and then I went from being a computer operator uh, to being a system administrator, uh, AS400s. Yeah. Did that for a number of years. And where uh, were you living at this point? So so what's interesting is uh, I started out in Texas. That's where I'm from. Um, I moved to Colorado the first time when I was 18. Uh, and that's where I had my first AS400 system admin job. And I got the job because I figured out that the previous company uh, basically was paying me operator pay for being a system administrator. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of neat. Uh, I got to do that for multiple years. It was fun. It was a company called Intelligent Electronics. They were the second largest computer reseller in the country at the time. Uh, the largest being Ingram Micro. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'll save save everybody a whole lot of snoozing here. Um, I spent the next several years doing everything from DR consulting to doing more system admin work on AS400s, HP3000s, HP9000s, RS6000s. Imagine a mid-range system. I probably worked on it at some point. Um, and then I got into, uh, change control and security. Hmm. I, I was actually working at REI, okay. uh, REI corporate in Washington. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I realized I had been doing security right. for most of my career. And I finally got a focus, uh, position that focused on change control and security. And then I kind of just bounced around doing both of those things for multiple companies, uh, for multiple years, everything from consulting, going all over the country, I got to do little bits of work up to multiple, uh, several months of work uh, in 32 different states. So that was kind of neat. Wow. 32 states. Yeah. That's a lot of them. It is a lot. It's about 64% of the country, <laughs> give, give or take. <laughs> Never pegged you as a math geek. 
Um, anyways, um, I found myself, uh, I found myself working and enjoying, uh, the security side more than anything else. I was doing a gig at, uh, Janus funds hmm. years ago and, uh, decided to leave there and I was going to go work for Northrop Grumman IT hmm. and I got a call from a little sporting goods outfit called Gart Sports. Uh, and they said, hey, we have a change control administrator position. And at that time, I'd already been in management positions, seemed like a step down. I was about to just tell them, no, I'm going to go work this other place. And then I just thought, wait, this is retail. They probably don't have hardly anything. Yeah. I said, would I be allowed to do security and change control? And they said, yes. So I went there, figuring I could move up, and well, yeah. that seemed to work out so okay. So what year was that? Uh, 2003. Wow. 2003. So you just, uh, you know, kind of zipping way ahead, you just left Sports Authority last April? Uh, yeah, so I've been, I think I've been at Cognizant now for 14, 15 months. So that's probably about right. Yeah. So you, le- you left there last April. So you were there for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know you and I have talked about this quite a bit. Why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, you came in as an individual contributor. Mm-hmm. And, and I, there's got to be a lot of folks listening right now who who are in that type of a role. How did you go from being an individual contributor there with, I assume, reporting pro- probably to an IT manager, something like that? Yeah, what's actually interesting is I was reporting to the director of QA. Okay. And and, and then you, you reported there. And, and some, somewhere along the way, you presumably created a new security manager and then a new security director and then a CISO role. So I'd love to hear how that process went. Yeah, I'll, 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 uh, I'll try to give the interesting version here. So... Interestingly enough, I, I was there for about 18 months and I had built out all of our initial change control processes. They didn't have any uh, to speak of. Um, I did a bunch of system management stuff as well um, and helped out the QA group with some of their, their scripting and programming. But I was focusing really heavily on securing the systems because nobody had really taken a look at that. Um, well, early in my career, I had actually been uh, doing some DR consulting. And why that's important to this story is we had a brand new vice president who had just started. Um, And uh, her first week, um, she's there. She's doing a great job already getting to know people, getting things aligned. I'm multiple levels beneath where she's at, so I hadn't really talked to her. But I come in early one morning. I'm walking down the hall with uh, one of our telco guys. And we hear the data center large thunk and quiet. So it turns out um, there was some construction that we were doing on the data center, and it actually tripped our EPO switch, okay. the vibrations. And so we lost every system in the data center. So I spent that whole day organizing all the different teams, getting them arranged, getting them uh, calling in statuses, getting everything brought back up. And towards the end of the day, everything's good. I get an email from uh, Cheryl, actually, Cheryl Monroe. She was my vice president. And she said, hey, would you come chat with me? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So I come down there and she said, well, so who are you and, you know, what do you do? Yeah. So I said, oh, I'm, you know, Matt Schufelt and I'm your change control administrator and your security guy. She's like, okay, why did you do all that today? I yeah. said, because I didn't think nobody else, I didn't think anybody else knew how. And I just thought I'd do it. Yeah. And then she very politely looked at me and said, well, I'm really glad you're here. I hope we get to know each other over a course of time. And I said, well, I'm actually thinking about leaving. 
it wasn't a setup. It was just brutally truthful. And she said, why? And I said, well, I figured I would build all of these things. Um, and I have to say I was more impatient back in those days. I said, I've been here like 18 months and I built several things, but nobody seems to understand the value of it. And uh, honestly, I gave up management to do this and I figured there would be some recognition. So no big deal, but I'm just probably going to move on. Wow. And she said, give me one week. Within one week, she gave me a brand new department called mm-hmm. Systems Compliance. I had uh, security oversight, security design. Um, I had uh, everything basically except for security compliance. Mm-hmm. And um, I also had change control and a bunch of other stuff that I liked. She basically said, what, what, what do you like? Yeah. And I said, I want all these things. She said, okay, you can't have this one thing, but you can have everything else. So she gave me a department. And I just started building up from there. Um, over the course of time that I was there, I went through several different evolutions. I owned everything, everything in IT except the programming groups at one time or another. I, at one point, I actually was the director over everything in infrastructure, everything in operations, and everything in security. Yeah. That was a bit much. That was like 13 direct reports. Yeah. That's too many direct reports. Oh, I agree. Yeah. But my sweet spot was definitely uh, when I got, go, got to go back to just focusing on security and, and compliance. Yeah. So, you, so, you know, I, I know, let's talk a little bit later in your tenure at, at SA. Well, it was Gart Brothers. And then how, how did it not, how was it no longer Gart? So, so interestingly enough, when I went there, it was called Gart, but it wasn't Gart Brothers. Gart Brothers had gone away multiple years earlier okay. when the Gart Brothers left and they had sold the company. So it was Gart Sporting Goods. Okay. They had already done a merger of equal parts with a little Kmart spinoff called Sports Authority out of Florida. Uh, and they had brought all the executives for both companies and put them together in Colorado out in Inglewood. Uh, and I think probably about a year into me being there, they decided that the brand name on the East Coast for Sports Authority was much better. Hmm. And frankly, there hadn't been a Gart working there for years, so they just rebranded everything. Yeah. And actually, we had at the time, uh, we had Gart's uh, Sportsman, uh, Sports Mart, Oshman's hmm. uh, as well. So we had all those brands and we brought them all together. So you didn't have to go through a, an acquisition or merger. It was it was just really a rebranding at that point. Interesting. I would say I did go through the merger because I was uh, the first IT employee after the merger. Oh, okay. So I definitely lived through the merger. The, the integration. commissioning systems and doing all those yeah. things. Yeah. All the integration work, That's which is a big part of the work for sure. Yeah. So so late in your, in your tenure at Sports Authority... Um, I know you, you, you went from you know, a director role, right, into getting the CISO role maybe three years ago. Can you talk through how that happened? And what I actually that think it's been four years now. Okay. Um, basically what occurred is uh, we changed uh, CIOs. And uh, we actually ended up getting a CIO um, from, uh, uh, he was at Target for multiple years, had made a big name for himself. Uh, and he he's actually done quite well everywhere he's been. Uh, a gentleman named Fred Arger. Uh, and Fred actually really... I had had several people that invested in me get to this point, so don't get me wrong. But Fred actually, uh, in addition to all the great things Cheryl did for me, because she's really she was really my mentor those first few years, getting me where I needed to be, making me a solid director, mm-hmm. which I think is the key. Yeah. I think people that jump... I'm getting a little tangent here. People that jump from being a manager to just naming themselves... Or having someone name them a CISO, I think are missing out on some good maturity steps. Hmm. Uh, so I was really glad I spent multiple years as a director. Uh, but anyways, I'm um, getting off topic. 
uh, Fred had me focusing, um, even though I didn't directly report to him, he had me focusing on several different key initiatives for him. And through that, um, there started being retailers getting popped. And <clears throat> there became more and more awareness. Yeah. And it was really interesting. We were going to do a big presentation in New York. Uh, we So Sports Story, they, they were primarily owned by a large uh, PE firm uh, named Leonard Green. Leonard Green and Partners. And we used to go uh, to New York and uh, present in front of all the CIOs of all of the companies that were owned, mm-hmm. which was a great learning experience for me. And I was going to actually uh, talk about breach preparedness yeah. and what you do after a breach. And it was really interesting because <clears throat> I had gathered a few statistics, you know, but Fred kept pressing me. He's like, okay, Mr. Schufeld, he would always say that when he was, he was uh, politely judging me. Okay, Mr. Schufeld, why don't you have your presentation finished? Yeah. I said, well, because almost guaranteed, I'm going to have a couple more breaches between now and then, and I want to incorporate them. He's like, okay. He's like, you don't have to give me an excuse. I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. <laughs> so sure enough, a large shoe uh, retailer got popped the morning of my presentation. And I added all that in, gave a great presentation, went really well. Um, and he gave me a bunch of extra responsibilities and and uh, gave me a... It, you're probably going to think this is super cheesy because looking back, it kind of is. But he gave me this certificate that said security officer. Yeah. And it had like a bad uh, like uh, word art uh, dude in a suit with sunglasses yeah. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. That's a pretty neat recognition. Because uh, at the time, I was just happy to, to that, he, that he looked at me that way. Well, the very next CIO, oh, probably uh, one of my favorite bosses of all time, uh, Kathy, she was just an amazing boss. And she actually promoted me uh, up to be directly reporting to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved working with Cheryl, but I still love working with Cheryl as, as a peer. Uh, but she made me director in CISO. Hmm. And I spent another 10 months as a director in CISO. Yeah. And then eventually they leveled me out to VP. Yeah. So, and that was, like you said, uh, 2013 timeframe. Yeah. Uh, things at Sports Authority uh, did not remain good, you know, for several years in the future. And we, there are probably people listening who don't know the story. If you want to give high level what happened to Sports Authority and... Uh, kind of the end of, end of the road over there. Yeah, what's interesting, and you know this well because I talked to you about it, uh, but I had actually started to look uh, mm-hmm. for other opportunities just because uh, the program there, I was very, very proud of it. Yeah. My team was great. We did. I, I thought we had a really good program. Uh, and frankly, it had become a little dull. Yeah. I was looking for things to optimize, so I started looking for other opportunities. Well, interestingly enough, uh, our company, uh, senior leaders, and at this point, I was pretty high up in the chain, uh, so I had good exposure to this. They were just looking at our overall future, and it, it very much appeared that the best thing to do was to figure out how to make ourselves um, ready to move into our next decade of business. Okay. Uh, and sometimes you have to look at that more aggressively than others and figure out how you're going to manage your debt and do all these different things. Uh, so what I would say is, without going into any specific details... Um, that's what the company was attempting to do um, when all of the initial talk around you know, the bankruptcy started to happen and how uh, we moved into that stage. So interestingly enough, I had a great recommendation 
from a good friend and colleague sitting right across from here uh, to go work at Cognizant already. Uh, and I had already accepted that position when that stage hit. Um, and they actually had asked me to stay additional time just to work through different things. And Cognizant being a great company, they, they agreed to let me have that extra oh, time. That's great. Yeah, we worked through it. So at end of the road, Sports Authority, they ended up having their, it went into bankruptcy. They ended up having their assets auctioned. Uh-huh. Basically, basically everything going out of business, right? They're, sure. Unless I'm, unless I'm missing something, I don't think there's any going concern for Sports Authority at this point. It's, it's really... Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah. I mean, I've been out of the loop now sure. for a while. For over a year, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then maybe you can't answer this question. When are they going to take it off of the, the Broncos Stadium? When the sports authority isn't when is it not going to be sports authority field? Well, based on what I read in the Denver Post, yeah, uh, that was actually a move by the Broncos uh, to block less savory naming rights. Taking shotgun willies, actually, shotgun willies. Actually, actually, I think it was something about mile high, and it was like a dispensary. Or oh something. no, was it really? Yeah. <laughs> now that's just what I read in the Post, so uh, I don't know how accurate yeah. that is. But well, so now, now I really. Your, your current role, honestly, the last year and a few months is one of the really great security stories in Denver that I've ever heard. You came into to Cognizant as the BISO, right? Business Information Security Officer assigned to, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, the, the Trizetto business unit at the time, which is now called Cognizant Healthcare. Uh, that's really changed over the last year. So if you don't mind just t- telling the story where you came in, what your job responsibilities sure. were, and, and what has that turned into for you? Yeah, so thanks for teeing that up. It, it has been a really, really fun time. Uh, so Cognizant uh, is extremely security focused and wants to make sure that we have the right quality for all of our customers. Uh, and I have to say, so I was originally brought in to be the business information security officer, as you said, over, over Trizetto, which was a good, uh, good company here in Colorado uh, right before it was acquired and became part of a, another great company. Uh, and my job was basically to give a strategic roadmap forward and, and kind of design things more from a leadership perspective, um, build up a team to take us to the next level. Uh, so they already had some good bones there. It was really just to, to, to bring things forward and, and kind of, I think, establish more of a leadership culture. Yeah. Um, the cool news is uh, it, it went really successfully. There's a lot of great folks there and, I, and really good support from leadership. And people may be thinking I'm like uh, overly sugarcoating this, but it's true. Yeah, it's been a great experience, and I think you can remember how many times I've been happy uh, in the course of time that we've yeah. been that I've been there. Uh, for those listening that don't know, Rob and I are good friends. We we talk all the time, um, and within a few months, uh, they actually recognized the contribution. Actually, asked me to move up into a full CISO role, which uh, really was a big deal in Cognizant because. Other than our CSO and our global head of cyber, cyber there hasn't really been somebody um, appointed with that type of leadership role. Yeah. So I moved up to report directly to the global head of, head of cyber, uh, who's been a great boss for me. Um, I focused on that. We built out the team more, uh, made more key hires, did more strategic expansion. But um, I want to flesh that out a little bit. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, starting point. Did you say 240,000 employees for Cognizant globally? Uh, I believe we're right over 260, actually. Okay, so we'll call it an even quarter of a million, and we'll, <laughs> call, we'll call that good. Yeah. Uh, so huge, huge international organization uh, with, you know, like, like I said, a huge presence, both 
both in the in, in Asia and in, in North America and Europe all over the place. Um, your your presence in Denver as the head of the CISO for Cognizant Healthcare, uh-huh. right, has has changed the the look and feel of the the Trizetto area. When you were hired, how many people were there in Colorado that were in the security area? You call them security employees. Um, yeah, so we probably had around. Sorry, it's been a busy year. Yeah, uh, I would say it's probably around twelve. I was going to guess ten. So right. Yeah. And and then let's put it. Give me a number now. Where do you think you are today? And then maybe where are you going to be at the end of you know the next six months? Yeah. So we've been we've been uh, in the high twenties. Yeah. This year, and I think you're going to see more, more expansion, more yeah. hiring. You've been kind enough actually to talk about a lot of our open roles over the course of time. Um, it's actually really kind of exciting. Um, as we as we acquire more business and as we look to do more strategic expansion into different things, um, Denver's really being looked at as a really key area. Mm. Uh, I think it has a really healthy um, technology uh, atmosphere, and I frankly I think the security community is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, you're a big big part of that, by the oh, way. I appreciate so, that. So thank you. Um, You've been you've been vacuuming up a lot of security talent in the area. You know, you've hired uh, former CISO Jacob Rubin as a, a director. Uh, I know it's, his job's changed. He's he's had opportunities over there in the last year too, right? I think originally you hired him as your director of security architecture, and what, what's he doing for you, for you guys now? Yeah, so now he's actually over our merger and acquisition cyber uh, piece and our cyber governance for all of our global applications. Yeah, so so Jacob was the CISO for ProBuild. Uh, previous to coming to you guys, and then you hired Frank Viazon. By the way, yeah, Doctor Jacob Rubin. He's he's now officially doctor. He he is officially doctor. Congratulations, Jacob. <laughs> uh, and, and Frank Viazon. Am I saying Frank's last yes. name correctly? Frank, who you guys recently hired, who was at Hitachi. Um, mm-hmm. He's now he's also a, a professor over at Red Rocks mm-hmm. uh, in their cybersecurity program. So great, you know, he's now on your team as a director, and you've hired uh, Shane Cox. As a director on the team, so you've brought a lot of great talent so to the organization. I can't take credit for Jacob's initial hire or Shane's initial hire. Um, uh, a gentleman that preceded me did that, uh, but I've definitely taken advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I I did get the chance to to have Jacob move into these other areas, and interestingly enough, Frank is the backfill for Jacob. Yeah. Uh, so he's the the architecture director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. That's great. But we we've had a lot of other really good acquisitions. Uh, I was actually lucky enough to steal uh, a few different members of my team that had rolled off their f- final acts uh, at Sports Authority. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I see, I see um, more healthy, controlled expansion in our future. That's great. So, since we're talking about hiring, what what is it you're looking for when you hire someone? Obviously, it depends on the role, but high level, what is it you're looking for when when you go through candidates' submissions? Yeah, so for me, and this may sound a little trite, but I absolutely mean it. The the most important thing for me is attitude and aptitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by that is if if I'm interviewing somebody and they're super nervous, I'm not the type of interviewer that just tries to drill them into the ground and finish the, the collapse. Uh, I really believe that you have to spend time with people uh, in interviews and really dig into what they've done, make them comfortable, figure out where their strengths are. Our absolute uh, best application security tester is, and I, I know he wouldn't mind me saying this, he's a very uncomfortable interviewer. Hmm. I, I interviewed and hired him at Sports Authority, and then he interviewed and was hired uh, at Cognizant. And uh, 
I think that you need to dig in, figure out how well people adapt to questions you're asking, um, how genuine they are with you, how, how, how much is their background integrating into their actual personality. Um, I, I don't believe that formal education is the only road uh, to get to a successful place in cyber. Uh, we have great people that have great formal educations. Dr. Jacob Rubin is one of the people we mentioned. Uh, but we also have others that have just spent a long time in the community and work through things. Yeah. Uh, so I would say you really got to drill in, look, look to see how adaptive they are, look to see if they're eager and want to actually contribute to your team or they're just looking to join somewhere. Yeah. Like you, you don't want that second person unless it's a really key skill set you're hiring for and you don't have another choice. Yeah. So for those people who, you know, are career changers, and I, I talked to quite a few career changers, and of course, we want to encourage as many of them as we can to change careers. Uh, what's a... Except what, developers. We need really good developers to stay developing. Is If they have an interest in security. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, if someone's looking to make a, a change into security, what what would be the right way for them to get their foot in the door you know, at Cognizant, working with you guys? Yeah, so I, I would say uh, it always helps if your current role uh, has elements of security in it. Yeah, change your current job rather than changing jobs. Yeah, we actually have two really great team members uh, that were more in the system engineering space. Yeah. Um, and when they came over, they've been phenomenal. Because I think they had a good fleshed out IT background. And then we just had to, in one case, hone security principles and in another one, teach security principles. Yeah. Uh, and they're actually two of our absolute best. Um, and if you're listening and you figure out who you are, don't get cocky. <laughs> uh, but I would also say if you're not currently in a security field, um, you should look to see, A, why do you think you're interested in security? Hmm. Uh, I think a lot of times the attackers get most of the press and most yeah. of the most of the, the glory. Um, Mr. Robot. Yeah, It's all about the bad guys, right? Yeah, well, I mean, everything, right? Yeah. It's from the social engineering all the way back to sneakers yeah. up to Mr. Robot yeah. now, it's, right? It's, it's always about that, yep. It is. Uh, but I'll tell you, I think what we need the most in our field today, I mean, we need everybody, right? There's so many. So I can't remember what the last statistic was. How many million? Eight million or whatever. Yeah. whatever so, so there's a lot, of, a lot of cybersecurity jobs to go around. Uh, but, you know, very few times uh, do our operations people, our architects, our application security people get the amount, and I mean by application security, I'll be specific, more of that architecture side, more of that integration side. Um, they don't really get that proper exposure. So most people that aren't from security, they get interested in security, are instantly interested in the attacking side. Right. Uh, and I think it isn't what they think it is most of the time. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean I'm going to spend a third of my life writing reports? Yeah. But on the other side, if you think if you think attacking is really sexy and exciting, give it six months and you'll realize you use the same three tricks to get in everywhere. And then you come back later and test it and the same three tricks work again. It, <laughs> it's really not a very creative job when you do it professionally. Yeah, I, I would say that I've met some really exceptional creative folks. Are they frustrated by their jobs? Um, Most of the pen testers I talk to eventually get frustrated. So, so honestly, I think it's how their jobs are situated. Yeah. So if there's a research element, uh, normally not. Yeah, it helps a lot. Uh, if they have some sort of uh, internal uh, bug bounty type of structure or 
anything that allows them to expand and not just do the same three three things over and over again, uh, I think it, it keeps it keeps them motivated, keeps them very interested. Yeah. So I had that's great guidance. Um, I didn't actually answer your question. I just talked forever. Didn't you? No. So let me answer yeah. the question right. they actually asked very very quickly. Yeah. So if you're in those other career paths, oh, right, right. yeah. And you want to get into security after you figured out why you want to be in security. Um, look for your best path in. Something that gets overlooked all the time. QA people make awesome security testers sure. and awesome application security engineers and architects if they have the the attitude and the aptitude for it. Um, and it's just one of those things that's not looked at. The other thing that I think that we should encourage all of our security leaders to do in our community, because frankly, our community is pretty pretty hopping, but it's also a hot competitive sure, zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't currently have as a community a mechanism for going after recruiting people that might be more in like traditional system engineering yeah. or these QA or developer roles and getting them interested and getting them mapped over. And we're going to have to do something like that soon because otherwise we're just going to run out of talent. Yeah, and and if you're if you're a security leader and you're not looking at your IT help desk or your QA department or your you know whatever other internal folks as a potential source for incoming talent, I think you're you're really missing out. And and you know I've hired what, fourteen people in the last year and a half, and maybe three of them were security people before. Right. Yeah. You, you, but you find someone who's excellent at what they do, and you say, well, now add security onto that. You know, if I'm going I'm to hire someone who's excellent at managing infrastructure. I say, well, now you need to be excellent at securing that infrastructure, and it's an easy transition because they already know, they already know all the bells and knobs. They just got to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, and and that's that's my belief. And if I, you know, it sounds like we're on the completely same page here. agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, I am going to change topics on you. Um, top three priorities for the next, I don't know, next year, 2018 priorities. Um. So. I would probably say a continued uh, strategic road mapping, you know, with our business always focused on evolving uh, and growing. Uh, we need to make sure that we're getting out in front of that consistently. So we're not just reacting to the latest business challenge of the day. Yeah. So that's definitely a top priority. Uh, I would say looking for proper synergies between our other business groups and security so I know you and I are both relationship builders by nature, uh, but I think one of the greatest strengths that you can have uh, is if all the teams actually doing the work get security, understand it, want to deliver value in the form of quality, in the form of security, it, it's a huge win. Yeah. So that's number two. And then uh, I would say uh, probably number three and, and I think you'll you'll get this because you have a similar uh, type of, of goal, is really to get out in front of all of our customers, hear what's important to them, hear what their challenges are, and make sure that we're focusing some strategic objectives towards helping them realize theirs. Yeah. And, and getting that feedback, it's one of the key things about what we were talking about before we started recording, not being a security bolt-on to your business, but being integrated and making sure your priorities map to the business's success. Yeah. Um, and, and for context, for those who obviously are not me and Matt, we were talking. <laughs> we were talking about GDPR and and the, the the requirements around a data protection officer, and some of the requirements for that position are that the person 
uh, can't be compensated based on the success of the company and and you can't be fired for doing their job and some other things that really seem at odds to you know aligning really tightly with the success of their business and um, something that kind of puts me off a little bit about the the position um, is is how it, it puts you in an adversarial role against your your team when you know God that that is what security's been for the last 20 years right we've been the department of no trying our best not to be the department of no anyway uh, so Tell me about lacrosse. How did how in the world does a <laughs> does a you know man in his uh, 40s. late twenties? Uh, I'm go, proud of being in my forties, man. Go from uh, never having played lacrosse to you know I'm gonna, I don't, I'm not going to spill your secret for you, but from having some you know some pretty uh, fun times doing that. So um, interesting. We uh, had a friend group. Uh, so several of my friends and I. Uh, and a couple of the younger members of the friend group decided that they were really interested in lacrosse. Uh, and, and by younger, I mean probably mid-20s at the time. And they just decided they were going to start doing pitch and catch and doing all these things. And then one day they just informed all of us, we're going to have a lacrosse team. <laughs> Does anybody want to join? And, and actually what's funny is four of the people I'm talking about were on my team at SA. Hmm. Um and uh, so a lot of my older friends, so by older, I mean our age. Yeah. Uh, we thought that sounded fun. We had all actually done athletics, uh, including uh, my girlfriend, Michelle. She'd been, she's been a lifelong athlete. Most of us in the older group have been lifelong athletes. None of the ones in the younger ones had ever played any real sports. Yeah. So we thought, well, that'll be really cool. So we got together. We, I kid you not, we watched YouTube videos trying to figure out how to do everything. Yeah. And we got okay, and then we just joined a men's league. So we show up, it's our first game, and everybody on the field had been playing since they were like 10. Yeah. And several of them had been playing in Division One schools, and multiple of those had played for scholarship. Yeah. So needless to say, we spent our first few seasons getting absolutely trounced. <laughs> uh, what is but, what's the trounce score? Is that 10 to 1? Uh, yeah, so so I would say that first season, because they were being kind to us, uh, it was staying at about, uh, you know, the 10 to 12 to nothing. Yeah, okay. Like, we didn't score right. uh, until, like, game three <laughs> at all. Um, but what's really cool is we're now two years in, like, six seasons in, and uh, we've won multiple games at this point. Uh, much to the actual, uh, the league is super supportive. They're shocked. That we actually got good because we yeah. were really bad. Yeah. And we're not good. But, I mean, we've become competent. Yeah. Um, and about, I'd say, so so we were playing indoor. We had finally won a few games. Um, and we're like, okay, well, now if we really want to get serious, we should take a season off and actually try to learn how to do things how, properly. How to play this game we've been playing for the last two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so about that, at that point, it would been about a year and a half. Uh, so I actually found this really cool app called coach up mm -hmm. and coach up allowed me to see it's like free free advertising i should get some sort of credits i think um but it allows you to see all the profiles for all the coaches in your area yeah and it's all sports yeah and it tells you if they've been background checked it tells you what they do and i actually found our coach who was also the strength and conditioning coach for the outlaws yeah in the app so so you the, the outlaws are one of denver's professional lacrosse teams is that the indoor or outdoor 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 team multi-time um, champion 
So, so you found the coach for the, the local professional team and you engaged him to come work with you one time or? What no. Was so, so, uh, we've actually, I think we've probably been through probably 12, 14 practices with him <laughs> now. Um, and he's attended and coached multiple of our games. Yeah. Um, well, this must have cost thousands of dollars to get this guy. <laughs> wow, you're such a good setup guy. <laughs> no, so it's super reasonable. It's super reasonable. Um, and I'll just actually give him a free shout out. So Chris Spangler is our coach. He's he's awesome. Yeah. So if you do have kids that are into lacrosse or you're in the lacrosse, he's, he's really awesome. Just don't take my practice times. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. But um, And he's actually playing with us this season. What? We actually said, hey, do you want to play with us? And he's like, sure. Uh, so, so he's probably pretty good, huh? Yeah, he's ridiculously good. But what's funny is most of the people we play are really good. Okay. Um, really, really quick side tangent. It was funny. So Michelle and I, so Michelle, uh, once again, is my girlfriend. Um, she plays on the team as well. And uh, we played in our game. And then uh, as everybody was leaving, uh, this is just a couple of weeks ago, one of the coaches for the next, t- uh, next game came up and said, hey, we don't have enough people. Can you stay and play? Yeah. And uh, Michelle and I and our friend Trevor all decided to stay. We didn't realize it was the unlimited division. What does that mean? It means everybody we were playing was about 23 to 26. And uh, everybody on the field, other than us, um, were straight out of Duke, uh, North Carolina. You know, it was oh, We got absolutely <laughs> trounced. It was super fun, though. How many, how many players are on the field at once? Uh, so for outdoors nine plus okay. the goalie. Okay. Yeah. So so I think another thing you had told me before was before Michelle started that it was not a co-ed league. Is, yeah. So right? so actually it's not even just Michelle. We we had uh, other uh, female players as well. So we had a total of four our first season. Yeah. And we just showed up once again. Watched our YouTube videos. Got gear. Showed up. Yeah. And they just looked at us and realized that we have women on our team and. And, then, and basically, you can just see the gears turning. And our co- and, and our captain at the time, he had taken the league uh, runner through it. But some of the people just on the field were like, uh, are there rules against this? <laughs> sure enough, there aren't. So yeah. we played and just had a fun, fun time. The league sent us this nice email to the whole league and said, thank you to the Dragoons, that's our team name, for making the league co-it. And now four other teams... Have women that play that's on That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's really cool. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, well, so we are recording in early October. And as I change topics on you quite dramatically, uh, we've had two <laughs> big announcements recently. We had uh, a breach of a little credit agency, uh, Equifax, uh, in sept- late September. And then we had the announcement from Yahoo of, you know, their their records going from $1 billion to $3 billion And, you know... I, I don't even know what to think about that is <laughs> well, whatever. Right. Um, but I, I guess I'd ask you, you know, as you think about the, the breaches we've had and what your job is and what we have coming, you know, is there a lesson to be learned from, from what we've seen from these, these failures, right? It's, it's a failure when you have a breach or at least it's the indication of a failure. Um, is there a lesson to be learned? And if so, what, what do you think it is? Well, I just think the main lesson is, Realize our jobs are very, very hard. Yeah. And you need diligence. And once again, you need your partners. Hmm. Like it's it's really easy to to look at these situations and think only of the security people. 
the security people being negatively impacted with, you know, in some cases, probably their careers right. ending. Um, in other cases, just serious downgrades to their careers. But it's also, you know, the infrastructure partners, in some case, the app people. Uh, and so I'd say, understand it's a team sport, back to the whole yeah. kind of lacrosse connection there. You cannot get there as just the security group. Yeah. You need your partners to be successful. And I, I think that there's really a couple different examples. I know Equifax was raked over the coals and has been raked over the coals for what they did. And some of, some of it rightly, some of it wrongly. End of the day, though, they were breached on, his, on not an O day, but, you know, the sixth day of a known vulnerability. Uh, if you find a company out there that doesn't have any vulnerabilities that are more than six days old, yeah. God bless them. That's that's pretty impressive. Whereas you have the other side with with Yahoo, where it, it doesn't seem to me like that was uh, it was quite so, so so tight a ship that was being run over there. Um, the the partnership you have and the culture in the organization of how much does security matter really matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And and how and I think for us as security people, we need to make a decision. Where do you want to work? Do you want to work in a place that doesn't value security very highly? It's really risky. It's really risky for you professionally. Alex Stamos, who was the CISO at Yahoo, you know, he didn't stick around there to be a part of a company that was not going to take security seriously. And and I'd recommend that those of us, you know, we need to to show our disapproval by making, you know, good career choices. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I would also say though, um, and you and I have talked about this in the past, you know, we need the most passionate of us to look for the big jobs. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying bad, difficult jobs. Like you don't need to find a place that's completely jacked up, but you need to find if you've reached the stage of your career where you have the set of skills and experience to manage a very, very large operation and contribute to the existing success or bring new success. Don't shy away from that. Hmm. And I think I see some of our peers like kind of drifting towards the easier gigs. Yeah. Um, Step up to the plate, huh? It's a good feedback. Well, I think I just think we need to. Yeah, uh, you can't not gonna solve the problem from the sideline. Yes, that's, that's that's a good good story. All right, we are we are coming up on our time here. Um, you need to get to sleep so you can get on a plane <laughs> in the morning. Let's uh, let's. I want to give you an opportunity to, to. Is there anything you want to leave the community with? That was a great challenge right there. Anything you want to leave the the listeners with other than that? Um, yeah. So. I think it's very easy uh, to get negative headspace mm. in our jobs. Uh, and I don't think much good comes out of that. Uh, so if you find that you have become a burnout or you have become overly negative in how you're dealing with your partners or the community for that matter, uh, or you just like sitting on the sidelines and, and sniping at things, <laughs> um, realize that you're, that you're contributing to the problem, not, not helping um, and for those of you that are staying positive and those of you that, you know, are consistently contributing to community, thank you incredibly. Um, it's a lot of hard work to keep the community going and growing it. And I'm just going to take a, another second to thank you. So for those that don't realize it, Rob never really takes credit for himself. But Rob is one of the main reasons we have a great security community here for leaders. Uh, there have been other good partners that have built up individual contributor communities. But we have a great leader community in a big part because of what you've done, Rob. So thank you very much. Thank you. And, and you know, kind of back at you about OWASP. I know you've been on the board for OWASP for multiple years. 
the Open Web Application Security Project, uh, really putting together those monthly or bi-monthly meetings for how many years have you been doing that? A uh, couple years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really neat. I appreciate you doing that as well. Keep it, keep it going. I'd like to check in with you, you know, next year, maybe about this time, next fall, and see how things have changed and see if you've taken over the, the whole world by then. <laughs> uh, and uh, good luck on your vacation and, and good luck in the, the CISO of the Year award uh, stuff. By the up. way, I didn't know that that was general knowledge. It's on the website. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Well, have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right, bye-bye. Learn more about the Colorado security scene at colorado-security.com, where you can see information about local security groups, a calendar of upcoming security events, and learn more about Colorado equals security. Reach out to Alex and Rob by emailing info at colorado-security.com. Until next time, remember, Colorado equals security.